0: Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 64386541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist 2020 at gmail.com.
1: Bob, would you come and lead us in our prayer, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to your house of worship and celebrate the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ. Yes, Father. We pray for the leadership of this church, this church. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Frank, would you come and... Give us our updates, please. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Happy Easter. Yeah. Um, really don't have much things new. I did get a good report from Daniel, his wife. Uh, she's back in the U.S., she's going through more treatment. It was going to be six weeks, now they've got it down to four weeks, and oh, she's good. doing really good. Go. So, praise God for that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if you guys went to Panama City or not. Um, Yeah, they did. They did? You got back okay and everything was good? Yeah. Yeah. We took them off the prayer list. You're off the (laughs) prayer list. Other than that, uh, anybody have any? uh... Frank, I forgot to tell you. My uh, brother-in-law died. Uh, My nephew died. All in the same family. And uh, my sister went to pray for she uh got Alzheimer's in the hospital and she sinks. She's in jail. Oh. So she's fighting everybody. And I, you know, I don't know anything much about that like everybody else does. It's, it's something that is happening more and more. And I don't know whether that's true or whether I'm just getting old. But whatever it is, uh, it is a tragedy. Okay, Dr. Fred, we do have on your uh, we do have you on the prayer list for last week on that and we'll continue praying for it. Yeah. All right. Yes, Daniel. No, I just wanted to thank especially Bob and his congregation, for bringing me back to yeah, yeah. back Jesus. I think that's, that's you know, no way of my work feeling healthy and persistent, certainly. But I wanted to thank everybody for helping me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Okay. We're glad that you're here and glad that you're able to celebrate with us as we think about the resurrection. We're going to be talking about that uh, this morning. And that's what we're going to sing about right now. Let's stand as we sing, Up from the Grave, He Arose.
2: Waiting the coming day, Jesus, my Lord. Up from the grave he arose, he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose, he arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose. Savior. Vainly they sealed the dead. Jesus, my Lord. Up from the grave he arose, he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He rose a victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints too. He arose, He arose, hallelujah, Christ arose Death cannot keep its prey, Jesus my Savior Triumph for his foes. He rose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints. too Dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints.
1: You may be seated. Alright, we're going to be looking at the empty promises of Easter. The empty promises of Easter. Now when you think about an empty promise, what do you think about? <laughs> well, a lot of people have given you empty promises before, haven't they? Yeah. Haven't you received empty promises from individuals? Yeah. You loan them a, a little bit of money and they promise I'm going to pay you back next week. Well, next week gets here and there's no money. <laughs> that's what we think of when we hear the word empty promises. But that's not what we're going to be talking about today. Life, right will for you turn with me, if you will, to the book of Luke, chapter 24. I think we're going to have it on the screen as well. And um, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 12 here as we think about empty promises it says on the first day of the week very early in the morning they came to the tomb bringing the spices they had prepared they found the stone rolled away from the tomb they went in but did not find the body of our Lord Jesus While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and bowed down to the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? asked the men. He is not here, but he has been resurrected. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and rise on the third day. And they remembered his words. Returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and all the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them, were telling the apostles these things. But these words seemed like nonsense to them. And they did not believe the women. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. When he stooped to look in, he saw only the linen cloths. So he went home amazed at what had happened. Our Father in Heaven, as we come before You again today, we thank You for the opportunity to be able to be here and to be able to worship You in spirit and in truth. Father, we pray that today, if there are those that have not understood this message, Father, if there are those among us who have never trusted in the risen Savior, we pray earnestly that today would be the day that this decision would be made in their hearts. And Father, we pray that we might worship as we should on this Resurrection Sunday, this very important day. And Father, I pray that Your blessings would be upon each one that's here. And we ask these things in Jesus' name amen in our world the world that we live in if it sounds too good to be true it probably is (laughs) how many things have you heard and you just thought that's just too amazing to be true so many of us have been Taken advantage of by empty promises, right? And we're leery of anything or anyone telling us we can have something for nothing. Now let me say that again. We're leery of anything or anyone that tells us that we can have something for nothing. Right? The world simply doesn't work that way, right? But you know what? Our world doesn't work that way. I'm not trying to tell you today that you can Trust somebody that tells you that you're going to receive something for nothing. But our God works that way. And our God never made a promise that's too good to be true. He never made a promise that's too good to be true. The truth of the matter is, our world is absolutely full and running over, you might say, of empty promises. We watch TV, advertisements that we have on television, promise, happy, sexy, rich, famous, you can add other words to it here if we only purchase their certain thing that they're advertising right and it doesn't take long for an individual to be fooled enough that they just don't trust anybody when they give you a pitch like that Now, I'm not saying that everything you see on television is false I'm not telling you that am I No, there's some things that are tricky. But our God is different than all of these things that the world puts forth. Instead of promises full of emptiness, on Resurrection Sunday, He gives us emptiness that's full of promise. Now, the empty promises of Easter. Do you get the idea of where we're going with this? We're not saying that the promises God made are empty. We're saying the empty promises that God's made are full of hope. This morning, I'd like for us to think about the promises of Easter. The promises of the resurrection. There's going to be three of them. Each promise is marked by something that's empty. We read about them in our scriptures a moment ago. You might not have remembered them. But we're going to look at them again an empty cross, an empty tomb, an empty burial clothes. And we're going to be looking at those three things to see the promises that God is making to us in those three empty things. You see, these things couldn't hold our Lord. The cross couldn't hold it. The grave couldn't hold it. And the burial clothes. And we'll talk more about that as we get to it today. So first of all, let's look at the empty cross. In verse 1, that we read just a moment ago, it tells us on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices they had prepared. Let's think about that journey that these ladies made these women believers as they came to anoint the body of Christ let's go back if we can to that resurrection morning it's dawn. it may not even be completely light yet as these ladies headed out to the tomb these followers of Jesus are going to do an important service for the Lord they thought. now remember it's the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and these same ladies had followed Joseph and Nicodemus by the way I was listening to a rabbi talking about the resurrection last night and And he called these two individuals Joe and Nick. (laughs) Well, I don't know. But anyway, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. They're the ones that took the body to bury it in Joseph's tomb. And these ladies had followed so they would know where the tomb was. And they had in, in mind, even then, I really believe, that they were going to come back and anoint that body at a later time. You see, they hurriedly buried him because of the Sabbath, because of the holy day that was coming. And so, these ladies thought, we'll go and anoint the body at a different time. They're walking going to the tomb and they had probably been walking for about a half an hour when they came to a hill, a knoll and from that path they could look over to another hill that was called Golgotha the place of the skull and those three crosses where three individuals had been crucified were still standing there and these ladies I'm sure stopped and looked over at Golgotha looking at the crosses just outside the city the skull as this place is called These three crosses stand empty where these individuals had died. Yesterday, Now remember we're on the first day of the week, we're on Sunday, and yesterday had been the Sabbath. So nobody had removed the crosses yet. They were still standing there. And here on that middle cross, they could see the place where Jesus died three days prior to this moment. Don't ever believe anyone who tells you that Jesus was just faking it. That He just swooned. That He just passed out. That He didn't really die. There's no question in anybody's mind here on that day, on Sunday, as they look back at what had happened, that Jesus really did die. You see, the soldiers that were there around the cross knew He died. The Roman officials that were in charge of everything knew he died. And the Jews, all the leaders of the Jewish people who were there, knew that he died. There was no question about it. He was truly dead. And together, these three groups of people, the Roman soldiers, the Roman officials, and the Jewish leaders, made up a lie. And they had this lie spread. The lie was the disciples stole his body. Now, not one of these individuals really believed that. That's why they had to make up this story. Now, can you imagine? They were saying that these 11 apostles, mostly fishermen, had made up this story. That's what they were saying. They didn't say that he had risen they were saying they made up the story that he had risen and they went to the tomb and they stole the body and they hid it someplace just so that they could claim that he had come back from the grave you see these individuals would not have made up a tale like that and then lived their lives and died for that lie. The apostles, all of them lived and died preaching the gospel, the good news that the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came live and died and rose on the third day. They believed it. Now they didn't believe it right now as these ladies were here at the tomb, but they did later. You see, the empty cross that these women could see is testimony of what Jesus did for our sins. He died a death that He did not deserve to die, that we might live a life that we don't deserve to live. You see, Jesus didn't deserve to die. The Bible tells us very plainly that the wages of sin is death. Now these other two individuals that were crucified with Jesus, they deserve to die. They were sinners. And they were very bad sinners. They were thieves, robbers, bad people. And they had been sentenced to die on the cross. And there was another individual with them that was actually worse than these two thieves who also was sentenced to die His name was Barabbas. And we find that he was not executed. His cross was left for Jesus to occupy. And he was freed. But Jesus was sinless. He had no sin. He did not deserve to die. So how did He die? The wages of sin is death. So how did He die? What happened that He was able to die on that cross? It was my sin. It was my sin that caused Him to die in my place. But the cross couldn't hold Him. The cross is empty. And it proclaims the resurrection. You see, as Jesus breathed His last, He shouted, It is finished. It is finished. That word in Greek actually means paid in Full. Have you ever received a bill where they had stamped on that paid in full? Well, that means you, you still owe $25, right? No, you don't even owe 25 cents. It's paid in full. And that's what Jesus said on the cross just before He died, paid in full full of my sins and yours. And we can have forgiveness as we trust in what Jesus did for us to be saved. In Romans 4.12 the Bible says for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The only way is through him before that fateful day when Jesus died on the cross for our sins God could open his book he could see the names that are written there my name Stephen Ray Wood your name whatever it may be and under that name Guilty of sin. That was what it would have said. But you see, on that day, as Jesus died, God wrote in Jesus' blood, Forgiven. Forgiven. I'm forgiven because I place my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And so because of the cross, the empty cross, I can now stand before you today forgiven. Forgiven of my sins. So the first empty promise of resurrection is an empty cross. And then let us notice the empty tomb. And that tells us that we can have eternal life. Continue with me, if you will, with the women as they walked. And they came to the tomb. And as they walked up to the tomb, it was empty. They had been wondering how are we going to get into the body? How are we going to be able to anoint Jesus? Because that stone is going to be there. We can't move it, we're going to have to have help to to get that stone moved. And as they got there, it was empty. I'm I'm sorry, it was open. It was open. Verse 3 says, They went in, but did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and bowed down to the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? asked the men. He is not here, but he has been resurrected. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and raised on the third day. This was the promise that God had made. There's a story about a father and a son that were taking a trip. And it was fairly cool and so they had the windows rolled down a little. And in the cab of the truck came a bee. A bumblebee and this boy began to panic because you see he was deathly allergic to bee stings and his father seeing what was going on reached out and grabbed the bee he held the bee for just a moment in his hand and then he released it and it flew off and the little boy began to panic again and the dad said no son Look at my hand. And there was the stinger from the bee still in his hand. He took the sting for the little boy. And he didn't have to be afraid anymore. You see, the fact of the empty tomb is the truth of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the promise to every one of us. That if we place our faith and trust in what Jesus did, we too can live. And we don't have to suffer the sting of death. Because Jesus bore that for us. He suffered for our sins. One day, Death is going to be set aside for me just because I place my faith in Jesus as my Savior the empty tomb promises eternal life for everyone who will place their faith and trust in Jesus and then the empty clothes promise a personal relationship with Jesus. Now think about this for just a moment. Verse 12 tells us that Peter got up and ran to the tomb. When he stooped to look in, he saw only the linen clothes. So he went home amazed at what had happened. Think about what Peter saw. As we think about all of this today, the cross couldn't hold him, the tomb couldn't contain him, and the burial clothes just were not necessary. He didn't need them. Remember someone else who was resurrected? His name was Lazarus. And as Jesus called him forth from the grave, he came out walking what we would think of like a zombie, right? Bound head to toe. And he had to ask somebody to release him. Take that binding off of him. You see, that was the way they prepared individual for burial in that day and time. And they were going to put spices, these ladies that had come to the tomb, were going to put spices on him. To anoint him for the burial. But he wasn't there. And indeed, the burial clothes were all folded and laid to the side. Speaking of him bodily being raised from the dead. And he was then able to go and do what he needed to go and do after the resurrection. We can talk a long time about that. But, he was free. I don't think that anybody had to take that burial garment off of. Now the angels could have, you know. But I think He just came through it. (laughs) He came through walls, doors, later than He, without opening them. That's His resurrected body. That's, That's how He is today. And as we think about Him not needing that burial clothes anymore, it shows He's free to fellowship. With you and with me. We find that Jesus was on this earth after his resurrection for 40 days. And he was able to walk among his disciples, the believers, and witness to them of the resurrection for 40 days. We don't know how many people saw Him after the resurrection. We know that there were 400 at least in one occasion that saw Him. But most importantly, He wants you and He wants me to know Him just like He wanted the people in that day and time to know Him. Times of blessing should prompt spontaneous praise from our hearts. We have so much to be thankful for, don't we? When our storehouses are full, when we're free of illness and injury, when there's no enemy that are rising up against us, These are times that we find individuals praising God in the past. And when we see Jesus resurrected from the dead, it's a natural time for us to sing praises to God and exalt Him. This morning, we've heard about three promises, three empty promises about the resurrection the promise of forgiveness of sin, the promise of eternal life, and the promise of fellowship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My question is today, will you take God at His word? All these promises that are made to us by people in the world, we might not can believe them, but we can believe God. Romans 10, 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you done that? Have you called on Him to be your Savior? If you haven't, this morning, right now, is the time that God gives you that you might be saved. This Resurrection Sunday, I can think of no better time for an individual to trust in what Jesus did on the cross than right now. As we stand together and we sing our final hymn, Christ the Lord is risen today, would you make the decision that God wants you to make as we stand and as we sing? Amen. (laughs) You that were in our Bible study a while ago, what does hallelujah mean? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Rich, would you come and lead us in our closing prayer, please? We should have brought you you
0: the microphone,
1: but you can just stand behind this one. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for accomplishing so much on that first Easter 2,000 years ago for us. Yes, Father. In spite of the fact we're uh, so undeserving. And Lord, may we give you your proper place in our lives this coming week, each day, in the way we act and live and interact with people around us. Yes, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Contact information is as follows: Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 64386541, email at Steve R. Wood002@gmail.com. At Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer List 2020 at gmail.com.: Thank you and God bless.